Hello, Pastor Steve Waldron with Biblical Archaeology Today. I'm so grateful you're here with us, and I'm so thankful to be your host. We're going to do at least a couple-part series from BibleArchaeology.org. BibleArchaeology.org, and they've got an article first published in the summer 2001 issue of Bible and Spade, and it is about the identity of Sargon. Now, a few days ago, we did a podcast on Sargon being Nimrod. This has so much interesting information. So let's get started on this. Thanks for being with us. And please listen to our other podcast, Avail Yourself of the Information There. Hundreds of podcasts showing the veracity of Holy Scripture. So clay tablets found in Sumeria. Sumer, excuse me. These tablets may have reaction or twisted version of their accounts of the creation and flood. The post-flood genealogical records of Genesis 10, we note that the sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan. Mizraim became the Egyptians. No one sure where Put went to live. Libya's kind of a guess. And it's obvious that the Canaanites uh, were. Cush lived in the land of Shinar, which most scholars consider to be Sumer. There developed the first civilization after the flood. The sons of Shin, the Semites, were also mixed to an extent with the Sumerians. And so in this article, it says, We suggest the Sumerian Kish, the first city established in Mesopotamia after the flood, took its name from the man known in the Bible as Cush. The first kingdom established after the flood was Kish. The name Kish appears often in clay tablets. All this is verified. The early post-flood Sumerian king list, not found in the Bible, say that kingship descended from heaven to Kish after the flood. The Hebrew name Cush, much later, was moved to present-day Ethiopia as migrations took place from Mesopotamia to other places. Very logical there. I would also say read post-flood people by uh, Cooper, William Cooper, and also... Boy, I'm sitting here looking at the book, I think. But it's turned spine out. What is that guy's name? Ken Johnson. Ken Johnson. He has a lot of great stuff online. The Sumerians very early developed a religio-politico state, which was extremely binding on all who lived in it, except for the rulers who were law unto themselves. The system was to influence the ancient Near East for over 3,000 years. Other cultures who followed the Sumerian system were Akkad, where we get Akkadian from, Babylon, Assyria, and Persia, which became the basis of Greece and Rome's system of rule. Founded by Cush, the Sumerians were very important historically and biblically. Found at Khorsabad, this 8th century stone relief is identified as Gilgamesh. And he's holding a lion in his left arm. This is one reason people think that like Nimrod may have been a giant, because the scale on this, even if this is a baby lion, this guy's huge. Um, the best known of ancient Mesopotamian heroes have done several podcasts, also videos on the Epic of Gilgamesh, taught on it often, was king of Uruk in southern Mesopotamia. His story is known as the poetic Gilgamesh epic. There's no historical evidence for his exploits in the story. He's described as part God and part man, a great builder and warrior and a wise man in the story. Not mentioned in the Bible, the author suggests Gilgamesh is to be identified 
with a biblical nimrod, and that's interesting to me. And so the Hebrew word marad is the etymology of nimrod. It means rebel. So um, it says, see Kosh, 1910. Um, in Genesis 10, 8 through 11, we learn Nimrod established a kingdom. Therefore, one would expect to find also in the literature of the ancient Near East a person who was a type or example or other people to follow. And there's a well-known tale common in Sumerian literature of a man who fits the description. In addition to the Sumerians, the Babylonians wrote about this person. The Assyrians likewise and the Hittites. Even in Palestine, tablets have been found with this man's name on them. He was obviously the most popular hero in the ancient Near East. It's got another picture. This face supposedly represents Huwawa, who, according to the Gilgamesh epic, sent the flood on the earth. According to the story, Huwawa, Humbata in the Assyrian version, that's the version I've listened to, was killed by Gilgamesh and his half-man, half-best friend, Enkidu. The author suggests Huwawa, in the ancient pagan perspective of Yahweh, the God of the Bible. This three-inch mask dated to around the 6th century B.C. of an unknown province down the British Museum. And he looks very, very not nice. <laughs> very mean. So the person we're referring to to found extra-biblical literature was Gilgamesh. First clay tablets naming him were found among the ruins of the temple library of the god Nabu, biblical Nebo, and the palace library of Ashurbanipal in Nineveh, I've done a multi-part series on that. Many others, what a library, many others have been found since in a number of excavations. The author of the best treatise on the Gilgamesh epic says this, the date of the comp composition of the Gilgamesh epic can therefore be fixed to about 2000 BC. The material came, contained on these tablets undoubtedly much older, so we can infer from the mere fact that the epic consists of numerous originally independent episodes, which of course did not spring into existence at the time of the composition of our poem, must have been current long before they were compiled and moving together. So we're going to stop there and pick up here. We're not going to be able to read, I don't think, this entire article, but uh, go over some. But fascinating, so Petrovich, Douglas Petrovich, thinks it's Sargon here. They're identifying with Gilgamesh himself. I'm very fascinated seeing this identity of Nimrod play out. But we do know that uh, he was there. The Bible tells us multiple times, and uh, but not just the Bible, uh, archaeology as well. Two Babylons by Hislop is pretty interesting too. So God bless. We appreciate you. Love you. Join us again next time. Bye-bye.